So far this year, we've been looking at different passages in the Gospels, almost like imagining we're kind of, you know, putting a magnifying glass on some of the encounters that Jesus had with people or some of the stories he told and really looking at them in order to behold Jesus. But what I want to do tonight, rather than put the, the um, magnifying glass on any one of the resurrection um, stories or encounters, I actually want us to, you know, zoom right out and look at the death and resurrection of Jesus from like a wide angle lens. So to kind of see it not in its like magnifying glass perspective, but in in a wide and open way. And that is because, and I've given it away at the top there, is that I believe that In Jesus' death and resurrection, among many other things, Jesus is demonstrating to us a pattern of life in the kingdom. And like last week, I talked about the paradox um, of Palm Sunday, and there is a lot of paradox in our Christian faith. There is a lot of mystery. There is a lot of tension. But there are patterns that we can see and that we can follow And death and resurrection is one of those patterns. So today I want to push us not to learn something new, but to participate or to see our role as followers of Jesus to participate in his death and resurrection. So this is about practice and it's about participation more than it's about knowledge or belief. Okay? So in a... Complicated words. These are complicated words. Orthodoxy is right belief. Orthopraxy is right practice. And we need to have both in our Christian faith. However, generally churches like to focus a whole lot on orthodoxy and don't pay much attention to orthopraxy, as in practicing actually what we believe. But we, as followers of Jesus, are not called by Jesus to believe the right things. We're called by Jesus to follow him, which is to do as he did and to walk in his ways. So we're going to uh, look at some of that tonight in terms of death and resurrection. So if you want some orthodoxy, this is it. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. That will do you for today. It will hold you sure if you're really like, what do we believe? I'm not really sure. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. But the orthopraxy or the right practice is we get to practice death and resurrection as we follow Jesus. And it's an invitation to participate, not just to say the right things. And I don't know how you feel about practicing death and resurrection. And to be honest, I don't really mind. But I do hope that tonight I poke you and provoke you and push you a little bit into some good practice because that's what matters, that we go out from this place as the people of Jesus practicing death and resurrection as the pattern of our spiritual life. So we're going to actually do some conversation tonight. So if you don't like the person you're sitting next to, you might, you can move now. (laughs) No, joking, don't move. Um, let me say this, married couples, if you're sitting next to each other and you talk all the time, go and sit next to someone else. Um, 
Because, so, but although sometimes for some married couples, sitting next to each other in church and having a conversation might be one of the few times you, sh- <laughs> you share at a deeper level. Who knows? Craig and Alira, do one of you need to move? No, you need to stay. Yeah, yeah. See, it's all like, it's all good. So anyway, if you feel like you talk a lot with your husband or wife about what's happening, do feel free to tap the person. We, are, we can do that here, right? No one will judge you. Um, and it's good to sometimes talk with different people rather than just the same people all the time. Okay, in order just to kind of like prove my point, just in case you're a bit unsure of why it is I'm talking like this, um, I've got a bunch of scriptures that I that you know I'll, I actually might get someone to read them out. Wayne, just because you're sitting right there. Although, can you you can see them from there? Oh no, let me say this quote. Oh, sorry, C.S. Lewis quote first. Death and resurrection are what the story is all about. And had we but eyes to see it, this has been hinted on every page met us in some disguise at every turn and even been muttered in conversations between such minor characters, if they are minor characters, as the vegetables. Do you need to just think about that? Because it's odd. It's talking about vegetarians. I don't think so. I think, this is why, I think why he he says that is he's pointing to what I'm saying. The pattern of death and resurrection is embedded into the fabric of God's creation. And vegetables, when we pick them, die but they're eaten and create life. So it's never really death. It's the pattern of death and resurrection. Which I'll get, I, that, I have not asked. He's dead, C.S. Lewis, and he, he's talking to the vegetables, perhaps, about how they feel about that. But um, it's a great quote. Now he is probably vegetables, yeah, in the great, great circle of life. All right, some scripture. Um, Wayne. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whom, whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Very truly I tell you, unless you, unless again a, a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for, etern- keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me. Don't you know that all of us who were baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism until death in order that we, that just as Christ we are raised from the dead through the glory of the Father. We too, many li- we t- <clears throat> we too may live a new life 
For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. I have been crucified with Christ and I know, and I know, what, is it now? I, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This is the death and resurrection on every page, yeah? These are things that Jesus said that point to death. Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, or he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He's talking about dying to self and and a sense of resurrection. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain of wheat. But if it falls, it multiplies and it spreads and new life comes forth. Who who, who has been baptised? You are dead if you have been baptised because Scripture says that when we are baptised, we die with Christ and are raised again. So, so this pattern of dying and rising is just like throughout our Christian faith. And those wonderful words of Paul that, you know, I no longer, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is how we live, this pattern of dying and rising. And so what Jesus did on this wonderful weekend of dying completely on the cross and remaining dead all of Friday afternoon and Friday night and all through Saturday and Saturday night until God raised him up on Sunday morning, bringing forth resurrection, that Christ is the head of the resurrection parade of which we are a part as we follow Jesus. It's the dying and the rising that is the pattern of the spiritual life. Richard Raw says, we have to die before we die. That is what it is to follow Jesus, to learn how to die before we die. To follow Jesus is to lay down our life. If we want to save our life, we have to die to ourselves. It's, it's the pattern. And it's the hardest thing to do for those of us who practice dying to ourselves. It's really hard to do. Personally, I'm terrible at dying to myself. I have a personal inbuilt life support machine for all the things in my life that I try to kill. I, I just can never really flick off the switch. And of course, I'm not talking about my actual life and Jesus wasn't either. He wasn't saying, like literally, kill yourself so that you can live again. He was talking about the thousand million deaths we do as we lay down our lives in order to love, in order to follow Jesus, in order to do as he did. Greater love has no person than this and they lay down their life for their friends. That is in itself a million deaths as we lay down our lives for each other. So this whole pattern of dying to ourselves is set up and in the whole narrative of scripture and embedded into this weekend that Jesus demonstrates to us a pattern of death 
and resurrection. So this is the question I want to ask you tonight. What are you currently in your now living life dying to? Or what, if you don't have an answer for that, what are you needing to die to? And probably it's both end, yeah? Like I need to die for this and I'm trying to die for this. So I want you to talk to the person next to you or the people around you. And I want you, and I don't want you to just be general like, oh, I'm dying to myself. I want you to be specific like this. Yeah, I was just like, what, what personal story can I share of uh, dying to myself? Probably marriage for me is one of the major opportunities that I fail to die to myself. So this week has been a busy week until this weekend for us. I was out a lot. I was busy. I was tired. I was grumpy. Do, and what do I want? I want my beloved husband to die to himself and all of his feelings in order to love and serve and lavish himself upon me because I'm stressed and tired. But he's also tired and stressed and he really didn't get much of any kind of loving laying down the wife, laying down the life wife <laughs> this week. Yeah, he was really... <laughs> He didn't get it. He just really got cranky. <laughs> Too personal. He got cranky wife. He got moody wife. And there was this moment. There was this moment this week. This is revealing like me. Like, so I, I was in a funk personally. I was grumpy. I had, we'd had words and it was basically like me asserting my needs and you haven't met my needs. Anyway, and I, I went out and had breakfast with a friend. And I actually felt quite better having breakfast with my friend. And I'm driving home and I'm realising I have a choice right now. I can go with the good mood I've got or I can go back to the funk. And I know just how easy it is to walk back in the door and fall right back into grumpy wife and mother mode or grumpy per whatever. And I knew I had a choice to either like die to myself and come back and, you know, be present, be joyful, be peaceful, or to actually come back and still be grumpy. And let's not answer the question of how I did. But I just felt that in that moment, do I die to myself? Or do, and, and love my family? Or do I hold on to all the things I'd like to hold on to? Because it feels really good sometimes just to be cranky. And uh, so anyway, that, like, I want you to be specific with the people around you. What is it that you're dying to right now? What are you struggling with? What are you needing to lay down? What is it the thing that you're just wrestling with that needs to die in you? Go. Share. I'm, I'm gathering by the fact that there was conversation that took place that everyone's like, yes, I know the things that I'm dying to in myself. Um, 
And what I, I would actually like us to share some of those things. Now, this is what I need to say. Often when we have these conversations, I'm, you know, someone will put their hand up and say, so-and-so said this really great thing. You are not to do that tonight. You are not to offer the confession on behalf of the person sitting next to you. Like, I would just like to say that the person sitting next to me is dying to their very bad anger problem. Um, that is not what we're doing. But I would really like to... Uh, here, if you're brave enough, some people to just say, this is what I am wrestling with. Because this is good for us. It's good for us to, well, it's good for each one of us when we confess. Um, and, and confession doesn't even always need to be, oh, this is my deep, dark sin that I've done. Confession can be, this is my wrestle, my struggle, my, this is my life support system for the things that are dying. But it's also good for us as the community of believers to hear from one another. Because honestly, there are times when I hear someone speak and I just think, ooh, I haven't even thought about dying to that yet, but I, now I will. So it's good for us to mutually grow one another up so who would like to be honest and vulnerable and share what they're dying to? SJ, great. Thank you. So I have an ongoing prayer that's been going on probably pretty much 17 years. And there's so many different ways it's been come out, like from a garden to people crying for me to... and. I, there's something I'm not doing. So actually, last week you wanted to pray with me and I was like, nah, we've done that. You can't speed up the queue. And I'm not hearing what God wants to tell me. I keep doing it the way I like. I sing to him, I love to worship, I enjoy it, I feed on that. But am I really doing the things he asked me to do back then? So I... Um, I took my baptism very seriously. I actually exhaled my breath before I went in and I pledged my death and, and I came up gasping for air because I wanted to have that new life, that new life as a Christian and there are things he asked me to do and I was busy in ministry and I was busy singing and dancing and throwing flowers in the air because I was a new Christian. But did I do the things he asked me to do? So that's what my death to myself is. Have a look now. In this time when I'm, I'm feeling the pain of the thing I haven't done and I'm, I can't find the thing I haven't done because it's maybe so long ago. Even, I was looking at the Matthew. I thought, well, that was my whole baptism um, passage. He gave me a lot of passages from Matthew. I'm going to go back, study that and spend some time in the garden with him so that I can shut up, everyone else can shut up, and he can talk and he can resonate. So that's, that's actually the hardest thing I'll have to do because I have an eight-year-old who loves to talk and a boss who loves to talk and I work in a call centre and all I do is talk, <laughs> right? So finding that quiet time is going to be real hard. Finding that retreat time... So that's going to be the struggle, is fighting for that message he gave me personally when he spoke my name and acknowledged that I was coming to him, that he had claimed me, and that's, that's really hard. But that's what I'm dying to. Well done. Who else? Josh, is that you waving your hand? 
What are you dying to, Josh? I'm, I'm dying to get myself healthy because I'm just, with the life I've had, it's been pretty hard and, yeah, I'm not really coping well at the moment. I want to try and make myself better this year and try and get healthier. That's good. Did everyone hear that? He's just saying he's just wanting to get himself really healthier this year. And so dying to some of those things, those patterns in life that cause us unhealth and making those choices to be healthy. So, I've only been a Christian for four years. So it's been a very quick walk, conversion in my life with the Lord. Um, I've been on very many fasts over the last four years and I've died to so many things in my life. I take care of my grandson um, and it has been difficult. You could imagine 50-something years of living in the world and doing things my way. Uh, You've just got to, you know, let the Holy Spirit um, be led by, by the Holy Spirit. And I've had to let go and let God take care of my grandson. And I said, I need help. And he's helped me um, to, when I start to get myself worried or whatever, that I, I just put my hands up and realise that the Lord is in control. You take it. And he's starting, these things are starting to move quicker in my grandson's life. He has been to church two times in the last couple of weeks and he'll be starting Bible study next week. And I'm really pleased with, you know, what's happening, like dying to that control sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Who else has to die to control? Oh, yep. Um... Hey, Jed, camaraderie happening here. Anyone else want to share something they're dying to? Oh, whoa, we've got hand. Oh, Troy, maybe make it quick so we can move on. Main thing I'm sort of been trying to die to lately is, is um, holding on to anger for people who've done wrong by me, who have hurt me, who have deceived me, and uh, yeah, made me. Uh, feel bad in many ways and yeah I've let, I've made I've um, been sort of realizing that I don't want to be angry I really don't want to be angry anymore yeah oh, Jessamy. I'm Jessamy um, and I think we were talking about parenting and basically selfishness um, and one of the things that I need to die to is reacting to my children instead of responding to my children so Yes, very good. And hang on, did Michael, are you going to say? Lauren? Um, well, I, I just remembered something from the beginning of this week um, when I was at uh, worship, um, YWAM worship on Monday morning. I realised that I didn't have like a full, like real desire for Jesus and that some of it was from like kind of fake, like because I've grown up a Christian my whole life, so I've been in that practice um, of going to Sunday school and going to church every week, and I kind of just lost that, like, true desire for Jesus, so I'm just trying to die for that, to that fake um, desire. 
Yeah. It's good. Recognizing, like, yeah, where there's just things we do that are empty or superficial and longing for, like, that depth. It's, it's, it's great. There are things we're called to die to as we follow Jesus. Jesus would say to each one of us, pick up your cross and follow me. The cross was a dying thing. And as we mature and grow in our spirituality, we follow the pattern of death and resurrection many times over and over. And in that pattern of dying, there is a huge element we need to engage around trusting God. Can you trust God with the things that you're dying to? Can you trust him that he has another way, that he will reveal himself, that he will bring life, that if you are laying down something, habits, patterns of behaviour, comfort things, addictions, that if you're laying down stuff, can you trust that God will replace the thing that you're laying down with something that is healthy and whole for you? If you are dying to selfishness and pride and ego and ambition, all of those things, can you trust that your life is in God's hands, that your times are in God's hands, that all of your need for, um, you know, success and approval is in God's hands and that he can, can minister to you your own belovedness, that you don't need to find your esteem or your satisfaction in other things, but you can find it in God. Like as we lay down the stuff of our life, there is a huge element of trusting in God. And Jesus knows this. Like I I kind of think in my imagination that Jesus knew, I mean, he he knew he was going to rise, right? I don't know how hopeful those statements were. Like, in three days, I'm going to destroy the temple and in three days, you know, I'll rebuild it or like, you know, this, like there, there, there are statements that Jesus made about his death and his resurrection. But I reckon he had a huge element of trust going on when he was on that cross there. He didn't just pretend to die. He did die. Dead. No life left in his lungs. The sordid bit that did the separating, de- that, that was death. He placed himself entirely in the hands of God. And I think it is right, orthodoxy, to say that God raised Jesus from the dead as opposed to saying Jesus rose from the dead. When we say Jesus rose from the dead, I mean, look, we're splitting hairs here, but it's almost like did he have some kind of like innate latent power that just kind of burst forth after a while or that, 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 that might lend us down that way. But if we say that God raised Jesus from the dead, that means we're saying Jesus was utterly dead. He was dead and lifeless and the power of God raised him up and that that is a pattern we can follow and a God we can trust. That when we lay down the stuff of our lives and when we hear the voice of God saying to us, it's time to die to this. It's time to follow me. 
and pick up your cross and this is where I'm leading you, that we can engage that trust that says, God, I trust you that if I'm laying this down, you will look out for me and you can raise me up and bring things to me in the path of resurrection. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 says this, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit that lives in you. This is like the resurrection power of Jesus lives in you. So as you follow the pattern of dying, resurrection life follows you. It is a pattern you can trust. It is a spiritual thing that you can trust, that in the laying down is the rising up, that as you die, there is resurrection to follow. And if you practice it now, you will be very unsurprised when it actually happens to you, literally. We're called to practice now what is always going to be true. One day we will all die and be buried One day we will be raised to life. And we practice that now as a sign of faith that we believe it's true. We believe in all the little deaths is all the little rising. We believe that the resurrection power of Jesus lives in us and that as we go about the work of God in the world, we are ushering in the resurrection power through us to one another and to our world that we are ministers of the power of God which lives in us. This is how resurrection works in us. Not only does God um, raise things to life in you, maybe they look different to how you imagine. In my life, they often have. But God also works through us to raise things to life in one another and to raise things to life in this world. So we get to practice resurrection as much as we practice dying. And you really can't have one without the other, otherwise you do just have a bit of a morbid faith. It's not just about dying to self, dying to self, pick up my cross and follow Jesus and oh. It's about resurrection life as well. It's about seeing hope and light and life in us and in each other and in our world. So I want to ask you another question Which might, I I just want to, and I'm I'm looking forward to the answers. How do we practice resurrection? How do we practice this? If we say that resurrection is life, light and hope in the deadest, darkest and most despairing of places, how do we practice resurrection? And I'm not just talking about in your own spiritual life. I actually want to hear from you ways and stories of how you practice resurrection. Now, you probably don't call it that, but I'm calling it that tonight. But here's an example. When you pray and you pray for other people and you feel God speak to you for that person and you pray that out... And then maybe you write them a card 
or send them a text or an email and you say, I was praying for you this morning and I just felt God say this. I don't know if it means anything to you, but I just thought I'd pass it on. That is practicing resurrection because who knows what the dark, despairing and death places are in each other, that when we engage the Spirit of God and we move and just do simple things, it breathes hope, life and light into the very places that God is wanting us to see resurrection. So talk to the people around you. How do you practice resurrection? What are the things you do in, the, in, in your spiritual life and in your ordinary life that bring life, light and hope to the world? Go. Okay, how are we going? Maybe a bit of a harder question to answer. One of my favourite theologians, N.T. Wright, says this, the church's mission in, in resurrection power is limited only by our creativity and our imagination because the creativity and the imagination of God for this world and for our lives is huge and abundant and manifold and colourful. And really our expression of that is limited only by our imagination and how we can bring life, light and hope to all the places around us. So I want to hear some things uh, about ways you practice resurrection. But first I might pick on Jade. I know, sorry. Jade, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I was thrilled and ecstatic and 1 being I had nothing left in me, where did you feel on that scale around leading worship tonight? Oh, honestly. Like a 2. 2. I cried before leading worship and I was just like, I've got nothing, you guys, like. I got nothing. That's what I said to my boys, my brothers. Yeah, that's where I was at. Okay. Did we feel like our worship of King Jesus tonight was a two? No. This is death and resurrection. So if Jade got to go by what she felt, she would not have showed up tonight. But she not only showed up, she brought the magic. She died to herself. She died to her feelings. She died to what was going on inside of her. She died probably to her own wanting to be perfect and not make any mistakes. And, and she led us in worship. That is resurrection at work in us. Because she died, we get raised up. That is the pattern. That's how it works. Every time we die to ourselves and... You know, there are things we don't feel like doing. There are ways we don't feel like following Jesus. There are things we don't want to do to serve, but we do them anyway. God captures all of it up in his resurrection parade and pours it out and multiplies it. And resurrection life pokes up everywhere. We, I'm sure every, nearly every person in this room can say something about the life of God that came alive in them when you sang tonight. That is resurrection power multiplied over and over and over again. But it can happen to any one of us all the time. This is resurrection. So how do we practice 
Resurrection. Anyone got any really cool things? And like, I know this doesn't have to be like I'm blowing my own trumpet here, but you know, like you can you can tell us. Um, I the first thing I thought of was confession because the light and the life and all that stuff. Um, whenever you do confession with either just you and God or you and someone that you want to hold you accountable, it lets the light in even when you don't want it to because then someone knows all your deep, dark secrets and they hold you to it. So there's that and I also think just being kind to people, even in your job when you hate people, you're sort of just like if you're kind to them, you don't know what they're going through. It's, yeah, that sort of thing. Michael. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing what you just did there, Caro, with Jade. I think it's really important to emphasise what I'm learning is to um, the thing I've got, I've been learning to die to is um, are my fears. I I tend to just bottle things up and withdraw and that sort of thing. And I I'm realising that so to to rise to the resurrection thing for me is to Live, um, speak, um, connect with people um, instead of withdrawing. Um, but I think it's really important to, to not miss the step of being honest about where you are. Like, so to say, hey, I am feeling crap, I am feeling like a number two. <laughs> <laughs> As the case may be, or a number one, who knows? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, <laughs> so yeah, so just to be really honest with God, be really honest with people, but then go and I don't do this much. But if if you can get to the place where you can say, God, I feel like this, but I'm going to pray in the opposite spirit. Um, and God can multiply that. I, I think he can work with that. And Yeah, yeah. That's great. You know, I would encourage any of you... Are you got, have you got your hand up? Yeah. Yeah. Who work with people. You know, every day when you work with people, you practice resurrection. Every time you choose kindness over speaking in frustration, every time you're patient, every time you take time, every time you go the extra mile... Every time you choose love instead of judgment, you are practicing resurrection. And though you might not see its fruits, you are multiplying the work of God in this world. And you are living on the pattern of death and resurrection. I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe in the death and resurrection of my own life. And that as I die to myself and I serve and follow Jesus, the resurrection multiplies itself in ways I will, might never see in this world. And God has his way. It's, it's amazing. So, Oren, what have you got to share? <laughs> um, the thing that struck me about this question um, kind of goes off the back of what you were saying before, that Jesus was resurrected by God and all resurrection does come through God. And so whenever I think about anything I might be, you know, in this context, resurrected in, it's, it's about being thankful and that acknowledgement to God because I acknowledge I've spent many more hours praying to God to get me through this death or whatever's coming I'm coming up to and a lot less time 
being thankful on the other side. And I'm just like, please, God, please, God, please, God. Then I get through it. I'm like, thanks, God, awesome. Then I'm on to the next thing, which is probably usually the next death coming along and stressing about that thing. But it's... Um, but yeah, the celebration that we read in the Bible is really about the resurrection of Christ. And um, that needs to be a celebration, at least in my heart as well. There are so many ways we can bring hope, life and light into our world. And really, it is just limited by our imagination. And I think so often, we just don't have eyes to see the seeds that we're sowing and what God does with the harvest. And so part of it is like, choosing the practice of waking up every morning, not only knowing the things that you're dying to in your own self, but also knowing the potential of what God can do with the seeds that you sow and actually living with like eyes open to say, God, show, well, maybe show me or just do whatever with this. I trust that this is you, God, at work in the world and I am simply participating in the pattern and so what I want to say just in finishing tonight on this wonderful Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, is don't go out of here tonight thinking the right things. Or go out of here tonight thinking the right things. Jesus, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ has come again. But go out this week practicing resurrection. Go and be a participant in the work of God in the world. God is standing before us, inviting us in to his great kingdom, and all we need to do is see that we're already in and already participating and saying, use me, God, to bring life and light and hope and resurrection power to this world because our world really needs it. There is a lot of darkness, there is a lot of death, and there is a lot of hopelessness in the people in front of us and in our world. And we can be ministers of resurrection power, whether we know it or we don't, as we practice death and resurrection. So your mandate is to go and do. Go with eyes open. Go and practice. Die to yourself, yes, but participate in God's power and in his resurrection parade in everything you do this week. Yeah? Amen? All right. Let's say woohoo for Jesus.